everyone. Welcome to Between Two Studs. I'm Alex Stud. And I'm Ron Stud. Ron, that felt good to say. It's been a while. It really has. It really has, hasn't it? Yeah, I, I think it's been what we finished season one probably back in April, May. I think somewhere around there. It's it's been a while. So we have a lot to catch up on, but we also are excited to kind of talk about what we anticipate happening in season two. So we're here. Why don't we kick things off the way we always do, Ron? You have your malort. Oh, you know it. We've got this video stuff too going, right? Yeah, this is this is a whole new technology which we will get into. But yeah, you can actually see what we're drinking. Now, I have a special bottle here. If if you can see here, it says BAM, which Ron, I know you've had this. This is barrel aged Malort. So it's it's a little bit different. Yeah, it's it's, it's a little bit more expensive. I think it has a little bit more polish to it. What what are your thoughts? Because you've had it. I like it. It's it's definitely like you said. It's got a little bit of it's hard to describe. A little bit of oakiness. It's got a yeah. little bit of. Uh, I think it subdues the finish in a nice way. It's not like insanely different than Malort. Like it's still got like the crazy bitters. It's just kind of. It's like I don't know. It's it's almost like hey, this is my friend's Malort that's been sitting under their cabinet for a good year or two that maybe they didn't <laughs> feel like drinking much. But it's been like subdued a little bit, and it tastes great. I liked it. I was glad you uh, introduced that to me while we were actually doing your your bachelor party, right? Yes, and we'll talk more about that. But for now, cheers, brother. Cheers. So good, smooth as always. Mm. Absolutely. We always kick things off with our unofficial sponsor, Malort. But it's not our primary drink. You're probably the only person I know who actually sips on the Lord. Most people, it's a shot, and then you move on. What are you going to be sipping on tonight? Oh, great question. Going with a tie-in to your bachelor party, right? I am having some whiskey that we picked up on the bourbon trail. This is Ryski, and this is from our dear friends at Glen Mills Creek Distilling. Well, funny, because I'm actually, the shot was out of Glen Creek Distillery as well. So Nice. Had that tie-in. Actually, Ron, I thought about the bachelor party being in bourbon country, which we're going to talk about. And I thought about what I wanted to drink tonight. And I went in a totally different direction. But you'll see why it ties in. Wiggle, which which is a Western Pennsylvania bourbon. Right. Uh, and, And one of the things that we'll talk a little bit about was... Not to bore people with history, but but the origin of, of whiskey in the United States really stemmed from Pennsylvania. And it was the Whiskey Rebellion in the 1790s that drove a lot of those distilleries down the Kentucky. And so it's kind of interesting because as I, as I drink this tonight, uh, which is a, it's a Pennsylvania bourbon, I think this is what bourbon would have been. Bourbon country would have been Pennsylvania, not Kentucky, if it wasn't for the Whiskey Rebellion. So, in a way, I'm paying homage to Kentucky, its predecessor uh, in in bourbon making in the United States. Cheers. Cheers, brother. So, yeah, like like I said, we have have a lot to catch up on. We have a lot. So, let's let's just dig right into this, Ron. We got like an hour or, or so to talk about a lot. Really, we do. We do. We do. Um, well, let's let's kick it off a little bit where we were getting to the end of last season, right? Yeah, yeah. And I remember at the end of last season, there was a lot going on in your life specifically, right? You had the bachelor party. You had the wedding, right? Which that's all during a pandemic, too. So let's start off, if you don't mind, let's let's kick it off right with bourbon country when we went for your bachelor party. Oh, for sure. Well, and and you're right. I mean, part of the reason we needed a break after those 26 episodes was because we knew how busy the summer would be. And then we kind of, I don't know, the fall came and life life got in the way and we delayed it. Um, but it gave us some time to, to, to be a little bit more creative that we're going to get into. I think if we look back in that whatever June time frame, we... There was you and me, and I think it was nine other guys, and we got a big Airbnb in Bourbon Country, and 
there was it was a long weekend. It was like a Friday to Monday thing. And one of those days, my best man, Jeff, rented like a like a big like a big bus, like a like a like a like a trolley type thing, right? And we we they picked us up at like seven thirty in the morning. And we hit our first distillery at eight in the morning, which I, I can say that was the first time I've ever had hard liquor, definitely whiskey at eight in the morning. That was, uh, and, and the first one that, that was Woodford reserve. We had Woodford reserve. That's right. We did Woodford reserve. And then we, we did, give me the order. It's been six months. Um, so we did Woodford reserve and then we did castle and key. And then we did Glen Creek uh, Mills Distillery. I'm, I'm probably messing it up. Is it Glen Mills Creek or Glen Creek Mills? Glen Creek. Glen's Creek. And then we did – what was the other one we did? Oh, Buffalo Trace. And then there was another one that was very small. I forget their name, honestly. But they were cool. It's been six months. It was like – wasn't it like three, three brothers or three no. – Sounds right. Something like that. Either way, it was a full day of bourbon tasting, really getting a lot of history, and it was, it was a lot of fun. I think, as we've talked about it earlier, our, our absolute favorite, though, was Glens Creek. Do you want to talk about why you like Glens Creek so much? Yeah, so a little bit about like all of these different places. What's kind of interesting about whiskey and distilling that I was a little bit surprised about is that I feel like for most people, you'd kind of be like, well, I've been to one. I've kind of been to them all. And no, not the case. Bourbon County, they definitely have their own thing going at all the places we went to. Everyone had like their own different cut, their different story. And maybe this speaks to the marketing side of things, but I think every one of them kind of wanted to present their own story and they're kind of looking for their own different type of customer. And when it came to I should really pay attention to what my hat says. It's Glen Mills or is Glen Creek? It's, I know there's a creek. It's Glen's Creek. Glen's Creek. Okay. <laughs> I'll get it right. Uh, thankfully, they're not our unofficial sponsor, but if they ever did want to be, you know, they're, they're welcome to it. So, you know, if you go to Woodford Reserve, the big thing with them is that very, very polished, right? The experience is you come in, this is the refined art of tasting. And... When you got to these guys, it was like, here's our warehouse. And it was like, even the front, it wasn't it, it, it super looked, neat. It looked like an abandoned warehouse, Ron, from the outside. Right. right. So it looks like an abandoned warehouse. You go in and you just see like old advertisements, which they certainly look nice, but it kind of reminded me, and I don't know about you, but it kind of reminded me of like an old man's garage. Like you walk in, there's stuff kind of strewn all over. It has its own sort of order. I'm it sure it had a little bit of like a, like an antique shop kind of thing. Like there's just like right. random stuff all over the place, right? Yeah. And then even when we got there, they were like, "Well, wait a second. Uh, there's was it like eleven of us or ten of us, yeah. something yeah. like that." They were like, "Oh, we're, give us a minute." Um, I think there was some logistics planning with that, so they got us back there. And then once they got us back there. There was this giant of a man, and I mean, he was a giant, right? Uh, he was, I think, I asked him, I think he was 7-1. He, yeah. he, was, he was a giant. His name was Stuart, and Stuart is this, like, no bullshit kind of guy. He was like, listen, yeah. I, he's like, everyone else, what they told you today about bourbon, 90% of it's bullshit. Here's, yeah. here's why, and by the way, while I tell you why, let's drink. And we must have sampled, I don't know, 10, 11 different bourbons. And, that sounds about right. And it was just, it was just literally, we were just sitting around a bar, right? We were on one side of the bar. Stuart was on the other side, pouring us as like a bartender. And he was just chatting with us, which was totally different than, yeah, even Buffalo Trace was very much like we're going through a, a, a tour. We're going through a, a very systematic approach and then we're going to go into a room and it's almost like classroom style where you walk in and it was like neatly set out was like your your little water uh your your drinks 
like a little menu of like descriptions of each drink. Like it was very like regimented versus Glens Creek was very much just like no bullshit. We're just going to drink and, and hang out. And I'm going to tell you the truth about, about bourbon, which one of the things he talked about was, was he was like, Hey, everyone will tell you that, you know, somehow the water is better in Kentucky and that's why bourbon country is here. He was like, no, no, none of that's true at all. It's, it was all politics. Politics is what drove bourbon to Kentucky. Uh, it was all originally in Pennsylvania. Right. Yeah. He was going really into that. Like, I, it was kind of like one of those things where I feel like he was kind of like what you would kind of imagine of like your, your cool old uncle who's like the first time you're having a drink. He's like, I'm going to set you straight. Here's a good drink. And let's just have a good drink and have a good time. Right. Yeah, totally. And so he went on, he was really giving us a lot of the details and information. And the big thing I really liked was the level of genuine honesty. Like he would kind of pull up some of these bottles and he's like, you know, there, there are certain restrictions on what has to be written on the bottle, but a lot of it is just fluff. Right. Like one of the things that he called out is he's like, you go to these big distillers, right? He's like, do you really think that there's some person sitting around saying, okay, pull down 250 barrels. I'm going to find five that are good. And then we're going to personally bottle those. The rest, they go back on the rack. He's like, that doesn't make any sense. Nobody could do that with volume. And he, he, he really did a great job of just sitting us down and giving us a very genuine experience. And they make some damn good spirits. They sure do. They sure do. So that was, I mean, that was an unbelievable weekend. It was a lot of fun. And I think we learned and have, have a better appreciation for, for bourbon more than, than we did beforehand. So I, I, it is something I think we both recommend it to even anyone who even just has a remote interest in whiskey. Check it out. It's, I was surprised how physically like beautiful bourbon country was. It was very like, rolling hills like stereotypical like kentucky bluegrass like everywhere i was i guess i never really thought it was quite i always thought that was very exaggerated and no it's it's actually really pretty so yeah we had a we had a great time yeah i think like between all of the and and well i guess even like between going from site to site like you said very picturesque absolutely beautiful and it was like there was enough variety where it wasn't just like, well, that's where the horses are and that's where the fences are because we need to have fences. It was like, no, it was very beautiful. There's like some rolling hills over there and there's a stream cutting through and everything that you'd kind of picture on the bottle. That's, that's what they got. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was a great weekend. I am so glad we did it and we'll have to go back. Uh, at some point, Ron, and reminisce and try some other distilleries because that's that's honestly the hardest part is how do you pick which distilleries to go to? Yeah. And even like I feel like as many as we saw, which was great, you don't want to rush it. Like you have to kind of take it in. You have to kind of choose. It, it's like probably wine tasting, right? You can kind of go to like a wine tasting event and just try a bunch of wines, but you need a little bit of time to soak in what exactly each place has to offer a little bit of their story and also just appreciate a lot of the history that really is there. Right. For sure. For sure. So that, that became June. And then of course, what was the bachelor party for? We had the wedding in July. And so right. anyone who knows me, there was pictures on Facebook and all that. And that was great. It really was special. All the stereotypical things you hear people say, it, it really was great. I think for this audience, one of the things that was a lot of fun was, my wife, Hannah, and I, we drove out from Chicago to to Pittsburgh. We got married right outside of Pittsburgh. And right before, one of the last stops before we made it to Pittsburgh, uh, or be, sorry, before we left Chicago, was we stopped at Benny's, which is like a, like a giant liquor store. And we bought um, a case of Malort, well, bottles. And... I, I, I remember asking for the case and the, the, the woman looked at me like, really? You're getting a case of Malort? And it was funny because the woman up front was like, you, this is ridiculous. Why are you doing this? The the guy who went and got it in the back, he's like rolling it out, right? And he had like a goatee, like a really long goatee. And he looks at me and he's like, yeah, yeah, you got it. And 
And I was like, I don't know, Alex, we really need 12 bottles of Malort. I said, I said, honestly, honey, we're probably going to go through a couple and I'll just give away the rest. Right. No big deal. Well, I didn't realize that at the wedding, like during the, the reception, because it was one of those weddings where we provided the booze and then the bartender served it. People at the wedding, Ron, I don't, I don't know who started it, but people were getting very creative. People were like mixing it with Red Bull. People were mixing it with grapefruit juice. People were, were, it was, it was like all of a sudden people were going through a ton of it. And we only had like two or three bottles at the end. We went through like eight or nine bottles on the Lord at a wedding in Pittsburgh where there was like five people at the wedding of 160 whatever people that had like that, that were from Chicago, right? Everyone else had no ties to Chicago at all. And we were just guzzling it. I think it just speaks to how awesome the Lord is. And I, I want to say, I think part of that we have to call out probably was Ruben, which yeah. he's like, he's like a Malort evangelist. He's amazing. Yes. But he, I remember he did he say start, at one point, you could start like a Malort church. Absolutely. Yeah. But I remember he was starting, he did tell me at one point he went to the bar and he was like providing some of those like mixes where he's like, oh, well, if you throw in a little of this, you throw in a little of that. And people were like, oh, that's really good. I think that was part of it. I'm not sure if he did all of it, but I know he did part of that. All I know is I've never heard of anyone using Malord as a mix, like in a mixer. But yeah. you know what? Amen. People were having a good time and whatever, whatever it was, it was. People were on the dance floor. People were having a good time. So thank you, my lord. Yeah, thank you. I, I want to say a few other things, too, about the wedding. Like, it was a wonderful ceremony to actually have, especially after as much as you and Hannah went through, and for the family to come out. And one cool thing I really liked about it and was was it, it sort of felt like a bit of a podcast reunion, too. Like, so many guests and people that had listened to the show – even in our family that were like, I've been listening to all of your episodes. And I was just like, that's awesome. And it was really cool. I love that. Yeah. I think it was kind of neat that there were people that, you know, Ron and I've talked about it. Our mom is one of 11, right? So, so there is a very large extended family and my wedding and any type of, of event is a great opportunity for the whole family to get together. But honestly, we don't really talk to that many within the family that often. It's just, it's just so difficult. Right. So it was kind of neat to hear like, Oh wow. Like during the pandemic, there have been family members who like, that is how they've stayed in touch with us. Like that was really cool. And like hearing their thoughts, their feedback, it was, it was really well appreciated. And um, we appreciate their support. Absolutely. We got to the wedding, right? We had a wonderful time. And I think everything went off without a hitch, right? For the most part. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I was very impressed how everything kind of just took care of itself. And you, my friend, were one of the last two people up at the after party. Uh, you and my mother-in-law's boyfriend were the, one, the last two of the night. You guys were up till what, three or four in the morning? I think so. I mean... So there's an interesting story with that that I should probably share, right? So I'm the type of person where I get that, you know, as, as a wedding, at a wedding like of that size, there's a ton that you buy, right? When it comes to liquor, right? And so there's a lot of liquor, a lot of beer, and there was a ton that did not get drank, which is a good thing, right? Like you never want to have a wedding where it's like you run dry. So wedding happened. It was very hot out. A lot of people came back to the hotel. We get back to the hotel and then all of a sudden it's like becoming clear. There's like a full truckload of, of booze. So there's like beer, booze. And I don't know why, but I think that there was a collective conscience. It's like Alex and Hannah are going to have to take a ton back. We got to do our they're part. Going to, we got to do our part. And then it was like, how do we convince the family we got to keep going. We got to like, we got to get through some of this, right? Especially because there was like a lot of Labatt. There was a lot of good beer. So we were doing like waterfall. Uh, we were playing Kings. We were playing a whole bunch of different games. And I think one of the most memorable parts of that night is like, at one point there was like a rule with Kings where it was like, 
all right, you have to speak with a German accent or something. So people came down at one point and we're all speaking with like a German accent. Well, They're like, not only what's going you, on here? Not only were you speaking with a German accent, I don't know if it was because you were drunk or what, but like you guys were like yelling, like yelling German uh, phrases at one another. And, and of course it was hilarious because I, I stopped by the table, said hello, you guys are playing Kings, whatever. And then I'm moving around and I, and I come back and I'm like, how much, like, how drunk am I? Like, I don't even understand what these people are saying. And they're shouting at each other. Oh, it's literally because they're, they're shouting it. Like it's, it's part of the game. They're shouting at each other in German. Uh, and that went on for quite a while. So, um, that was interesting. Yeah. You guys were having fun. Oh, we totally were. And then all of a sudden it was like, you know, you kind of got to the end of the night and it's like pretty much everybody had kind of like, you know, they were all done. And then Dennis and I were like, well, Congratulations. We've done it. We're, we're cool. So I, I helped him. I helped you. And then it was like, all right, we got to get ready for the morning. So it was, that was a fun night. I think we hopefully did a little bit with clearing out some of the beer, but there was a, there was a mountain of it. So there was quite a bit, which, you know, I was overly worried. I remember the day of the wedding, we went out and got more beer. I was, I right. was really fearful because the last thing you want, you said it earlier is to run out of booze during a wedding and uh thankfully that did not happen and we had plenty we had plenty and in fact we're still i still have some of the beer and and wine at my house so at my condo so uh it was appreciated how much of a dent you you took into it uh the night of so thank you brother you're you're welcome i'm glad i'm glad to know if i ever have a lot of booze that needs to get drank i can count on my oldest brother thank you I mean, you had some good friends there, too, who were also very quick to chime in and say, you know what? You're right. Let's do this. And I was like, you guys are awesome. Very, very good friends. So I, I don't want to exclude their contributions to helping with addressing things. <laughs> so so then I went on my honeymoon. Right. Tell uh, us about that. Well, I was in Hawaii with, with Hannah for two weeks. It was it was awesome. It was, you know, stereotypical paradise, palm trees, beach, all that good stuff. It really was great. I don't want to dive too, too much into it because that could be a whole episode in and of itself. But what I, what I do want to get into is, okay, so we get back, right? And, and I think there were some people who listened to our, our podcast who would say, okay, well, your episodes, they're going to start in September, right? And they didn't, they didn't happen. Right. And so I I think we owe it to the listeners to to explain what have we been doing this whole time. And one of the things that we got into, we kind of nerded out a little bit uh, where where we got Ruben and Cortland, two people who've been on our show, friends of the show, friends of the show and guests of the show and whatever other of the show you want to hear. And we started doing playing, conducting. Right. What, 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 what's the word? We started participating. We started playing. We played a D&D campaign. Dungeons and Dragons, Ron. Not everyone knows what D&D is. Well, if they don't know, they should. It's on Stranger Things. So can you explain? I think we we talked about it briefly in a previous sure. episode. Maybe talk a little bit about more specifically our game. Okay. So, and just as a, I, I feel like, Justin Roiland, he's the guy that did um, Rick and Morty, right? He actually has a show called – or Dan Harmon, sorry, has a show called Harmon Quest. And he – I'm going to rip his explanation of it. But basically what a lot of Dungeons & Dragons is, is it's a collective storytelling um, where you play with a number of friends. And one of those friends is basically the god of that universe. So – they basically will make the decisions on what happens. They will help guide the story. And there is some random level of, uh, ra- well, just a level of randomness that happens with rolling of dice. So, Well, just like there's a god, you can either, you, you, you can't disobey the god. Right? Sure. And, and in the game, the, the, the god is the dungeon master, right? Right. Yeah. And that's Cortland. And if you remember from our episode last year, Cortland was talking to us a little bit about a little bit about that. So if you want to really nerd out with us on that, go ahead, listen to that episode again. But we got into this campaign 
And part of that was all because of that episode. So Corlin had said, Alex, this is what you should do. Ron, this is what you should do. And Cortland joined along in this game along with Ruben, right? So all four of us, we have this wonderful um, game. And one of the cool tiebacks to our, our dear favorite spirit of Malort is that we are called Trace Malortes. Right. That is our like our, our band of of players like that's like almost like our our guild so to speak right right there's there's the three players who are trace Melortes, and uh and we are on an island saving the world more or less pretty much so and, and I, now i will say it's, it's a lot of fun we have our yep. fair share of malort every night when we play it or when, when we do play it but it is a commitment right we were doing it sure. we're, we're, once a week Yep. Um, and it's a two and a half hour game, right? Every week. So all of a sudden it was like, wow, like that's, that takes up a whole night every week. Um, so we're actually taking a break from that and, and that'll give us more time to kind of get our creative juices out through the podcast. But that was a big, big chunk of what we've been focusing on this fall. And it was a lot of fun. It was my first time playing like a formal game, especially a consistent game where we're coming back and, it's the same players every week, right? So your your character is developing. They're gaining levels, right? So they're gaining new capabilities. In my case, because I'm a wizard, I'm gaining new spells. And and you, you start to have a connection, as, as ridiculous as this might sound. You you have a, 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 an affinity for these characters, right? Like characters, just like in movies, they die, right? Like sometimes bad things happen to them. And you actually like it. It's tough. You're like, oh my gosh, like Johnny, Johnny's dead. Like, what do we do about that? You know, like it, it is yeah. kind of interesting. Uh, it's it's like a, like falling in love with a character in the same way that you do in a TV show, right? And what's cool about it is just like a TV show, right? There is a lot of planning that goes into the character arcs, where they're going to go, what's going to happen, and that's a big part of what. Cortland does uh, as, as a DM, he really kind of helps figure that out. And there's some level of just spontaneity and randomness that nobody could have predicted that happens, but it really helps to create a very complex tapestry of a story that is fun. Yeah. So that has been taking up a lot of our time. And, and you've also been pursuing higher education, haven't you? I, yes, I'm, I'm actually, I just finished my third to last class I have two classes left, and then I'm done with my master's. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited about that. Very so, cool. So I've been doing that. I will say from an educational standpoint, another thing I got educated on this year was The Grateful Dead. I went to the, a Dead & Company show uh, back in August at Wrigley, and that was such a hoot. I got invited mm -hmm. to a show, and I was – terrified. I didn't want to say no, right? Someone invites you to a concert and I was like, okay, let's do it. But I, I didn't know anything about the Grateful Dead. Um, I've always just assumed that was like hippie music that you have to be like drugged up to enjoy. And boy, was I wrong. I'm sure it's a wonderful, wonderful piece of me. You know, they're, they're, they're great music to be on all sorts of drugs, but I'm telling you, even sober, uh, you can very much enjoy the Grateful Dead and got into really listening to a lot of their music. And yeah, I would say in a small way, Ron, I would say since season one going into season two, I guess I would call myself a slight little deadhead. I mean, Ron, I can do this gotta, because we're because we're on video. Right. Oh, 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 here we go. Oh, 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 look at you. Look at you. He, he's almost got a touch of gray in his hair, too. Uh, you know, Hannah's been pointing that out to me, actually. So, uh, yeah, it was honestly really, really cool. I mean, yes, it, it does attract a hippie crowd, but it is also very much just like this community. And, like, you know, John Mayer if, if, is, is just up there shredding. Uh, he, he's the, you know, the new Jerry Garcia since he died in the 90s. And, it was a really great show. It was really entertaining. So, I yeah, I, I, I would say that was something I never knew about. That's like a new 2021 thing. I'm, I like the, the Grateful Dead. Very cool. 
I got to go see a show as well. Oh, um, yeah? Yeah, it was a show I was waiting for a while to see. It got pushed back because of the pandemic. And that was – I finally got to see Hamilton live in Atlanta. Oh, see, you know, I haven't listened to the soundtrack. I don't know anything other than, you know, I know Alexander Hamilton. I know his story. Right. Uh, but but I've never seen the musical. Tell me about it. So the musical is really, really very cool, especially if you do appreciate the history. One of the interesting things that Lin-Manuel Miranda, um, he was – the writer and I think director, he might not have and, been the director, but he was the original star, right? In the first, he was film? the right. He was the original Alexander Hamilton. Um, so one of the things that he did is there was a book about Alexander Hamilton. Um, I forget. I think I want to say it's like Ron Chernow. Uh, he's written a bunch of books, but he read that book. He devoured it. And he's like musical. Um, and what he did as is he you actually would, as you would. Right. Um, So he looked at it and he was like, he basically contemporized it within hip hop. So what's cool about that is that hip hop can actually allow you and and rap can really allow you to come very quickly with a very, very dense amount of lyrics uh, within a short period of time. And that was actually needed. Which has always been a little bit of a hindrance, I find, of a lot of musicals where I'm like, all right, that was 20 minutes of plot. But we turned it into three hours because of the music. Right. Which is with Hamilton. It's like that five minutes of song is 10 years worth of stuff that just happened. Yeah. And it was really a lot of fun. I mean, I had heard the music before, which I, I know some people like to go into musicals never having heard it. And I had read the book. I had read um, or I'd listened to the music before. So I was able to appreciate it. I just had never seen um, it actually done on stage. And the stage is is really a lot of work went into the stage design, too, because what happens is, number one, you've probably heard about it. There is a rotating stage, which is pretty cool. The other part about it, too, is that all of the background is is actually built up as the story goes on, which is supposed to also mirror the development of the United States. Mm. Um so there's a lot of there's a lot of subtext and other things that go into it, but it was really fun, and I was glad we were finally able to see it. Um, it just got pushed back because of the pandemic. So huh. that's really cool. I'm glad you got to see it. Yeah. So listen, here's what I want to do. I want to I want to go to break. Sure. When we come back, I want to really reflect on season one. Kind of you know put an end on that. No more season one after that. I want to talk about season two goals kind of give a sneak peek of what of what listeners should be anticipating what they should be expecting uh and then we'll kind of wrap things up maybe quickly talk about kind of our holiday plans and we'll kind of wrap it up from there sounds great alex all right we'll be right right back great so in this episode you heard us talk a little bit about this new video platform so you're not able to see it directly right wrong if you check us out on youtube between two studs on YouTube, you'll actually see a raw cut of this episode. So feel free to check it out. Thank you. And welcome back to Between Two Studs. We were just talking about what we've been up to since the break, meaning since season one. And Ron, let's talk about season one. Let's kind of reflect on that. That was our experiment. Right. That was that was literally you and I, as we talked about the origin, driving to the West coast realizing why don't we bring on some people and talk about some interesting topics. And we were kind of just winging it. Right. Literally our friend Ruben was like, Hey, um, I know some software you can use. And we were like, cool. And I was like, uh, I guess we should promote this. Uh, I'll create an Instagram, which I hadn't had an Instagram since like 2013. And you created a website. We were kind of just like winging it. Right. And as we go into season two, I feel like we have a little bit more understanding of kind of what who we are, what we're trying to accomplish. But but talk to me like it's been a few months. What are your thoughts on season one as you look back? So I know he did a really good like recap episode um, as our finale. But I think one of the things that I was really surprised with is just how much a lot of our content resonated with our fans, our audience. I think originally – when we kind of came up with the idea of this, it was like, 
Well, I think we'll be successful if we have like one or two listeners. I don't think we really had any kind of appreciation for the fact that we might actually develop an organic audience, which I think, especially at your wedding, I was really impressed with the amount of people who were like, no, I've listened to multiple episodes. I really liked what you said here. I like this. This was really interesting. Even one of the coolest things I thought, which was really cool, was was the fact that people said, how is it you guys know all these people? Right? And, yeah. I, and I was like, I guess we just kind of have eclectic tastes and talents. But that's a cool thing, right? Less so talents, interest, yes. Interest, yeah. Maybe a little yeah. bit of talent, right? A little bit. It, very little on my part. I'll say this. I think as I reflect back on season one, uh, one of the things that I, I, I'm really thankful for is, yes, we brought on some people that we both knew incredibly well. Mm-hmm. Were, you know, we both consider some of our closest friends. However, there were some. There were a couple people who I brought on who, you know, I haven't really talked to in a while. I might not be that close with. And actually, the show, bringing them on the podcast, getting to know them a little bit better, I've actually, I feel like in some ways, uh, have like re... How do I say, like, given that friendship, like a whole new, like, oomph. Yeah. Right. And like now we're texting more, we're keeping in touch more. And I think that's really, really cool. Like that was, that was something I was not anticipating or expecting. And, and quite frankly, even amongst the, the friends that I, I already was very close with, you know, generally speaking, you don't talk to a lot of your closest friends a lot about mm-hmm. what they do for a living. Yeah. Kind of like, oh, well, I know he's an accountant or she's whatever. But you don't really go into more detail and more depth than that because you're usually focusing on other stuff, right? So I thought it was really cool because even amongst closest friends, um, I really got like a better understanding of, of what they do and in some cases what makes them tick. So I, I guess I was really thankful for that. Yeah, I would agree with that because – I think the other thing, too, is just even between people's careers, there was a lot of passions that came out in our season that I didn't really know about with a lot of our friends, where we got talking about a lot of different topics that it's kind of weird. It's not something that maybe you would typically talk about. And I think that's one of the great things about this podcast has been you can even just starting with that basic question of, okay, uh, what's your favorite work of art? We've had some really great conversations uh, that are very, very in-depth that I thought really just kind of expanded upon our friendship and relationship with a lot of people and also just gave us a better appreciation for, I need to go check that out. I haven't seen that or listened to that or whatever, right? Well, and certainly in my own life, I've never asked a friend that question. Yeah. right. I've never I've never been like, hey, how you doing? It's been, you know, how's work going? Oh, let me ask you a question. Right. What is, you know, the art piece that's, you know, that's just not a question that's normally an organic conversation. So exactly. There were th- aspects of of our friends that we totally like, wow, I, I, I didn't even know that was something that you were passionate about. You know, like I, I think there's a lot of examples even talking about like uh, I know we've brought him up before, but he did two episodes with us, Tim Chubb. Yeah. Where he, he talked a lot about hip hop. And that's not like something I normally talk to him much about. So it was like, oh, wow, like that's an area that I, I guess I was surprised by. So I think that's cool. Yeah. But I think overall, I mean, now that we've had a little bit of time to reflect, uh, you know, as we mentioned, we had our break. Uh, I think season one did a really great job and I'm really excited to get back to season two. But I think one of the things that we also needed, too, was we because we had so many busy things. And because this is also a bit of a creative endeavor, sometimes you kind of need to recharge the creative juices a little bit. And I think we have a lot of great ideas on what we want to do with this season. So if you want mine, what are what are some of the thoughts that you have for this next season? Yeah, I mean, I, I think first and foremost, the most obvious difference is this video platform that we have. And, and obviously, a lot of our listeners are going to keep listening to us on Spotify um, without video. And that's cool. It's totally fine. But I think this added element of being able to watch a video of us talking is like a whole nother dimension that I think 
could be really cool. At a, at, at a minimum, we talked about like little video clips that we can upload to Instagram, right? As a teaser of, of the episode. But at a maximum, for those who actually wanted to watch the whole episode with video on YouTube or whatever platform, what's cool is there are a lot of cues that we naturally make reference to. Uh, and it's 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 hard because when we record, even when we only did audio, Ron and I and whoever the guests are, we all see each other, right? We were always um, having a video on the side, right? So so it's hard because I'm referencing things. I'm showing the bottle of liquor that I have next to me, or I'm showing off the T-shirt that I'm wearing, and of course the listener is like, I, I don't know what you're talking about, right? Right. Um, I think that adds a whole nother level. I think there's a lot of opportunity for us to do a lot more promotion, Mm -hmm. right? Because of those video clips. I think you've previously talked about the website, which I know you created, but I know there was discussion about different avenues that we could really, you know, having, having like a, like a little blog post for every episode. Like there's a lot of options that we can play around with. Um, kind of what are your thoughts from at least a technological standpoint? What are your thoughts? Yeah. So one of the things that I know that we can do that I haven't done yet is we could actually like tonight, even though we're recording this at night, if we wanted to, we could actually have live audience members view the recording. And I know. Oh, that, wow. Yeah. So we also have the opportunity to stream it if we want to. There's different streaming platforms. Um, so we could do that. I think that we would have to kind of consider how many people would actually be interested, but I'm sure that there's probably at least one or two. I think probably one call out would would be our dad. I know uh, he's certainly been interested a few times in like, well, how all does that all go down? So we could do that. Um, And the other thing too, that I haven't done yet, but I've been meaning to, it's been on my to-do list is I want to actually create a discord server for us, like for Mm. between two studs. Right. So, we could have people on there, really open it up to, hey, we're going to do an episode tonight, um, but also share a little bit about our own passions and interests. So we definitely talk a lot about Malort, but where do you go to get Malort? Or what are some of the mixer ideas? Whatever. Um, and then I think the other thing, too, is just it gives kind of an opportunity to maybe chat with us because uh, that might be something that I'm sure there's just a lot of questions that have come up. Some of them we maybe received via email, but it's probably a little easier, I think, with Discord uh, nowadays. So, yeah, no, I, I really like that. Uh, you know, so the, the other thing that I want to do, so mm-hmm. we have the technology point, right? Which I didn't know about the streaming angle. I think that's actually an interesting thought that we should really like. Honestly, even if no one attended, we wouldn't tell that, right? Of course, right. we would have hundreds of listeners live, of course. Sure. But even if we didn't, right, there's still the replay value of it, right? It's still being recorded, really. What's the harm? Right. Um, so I, I think that's, that's an interesting thought. I, I do think one of the things I really want to do in season two is I think I was guilty of bringing on guests that I already knew relatively well, it was easy for them to say, oh, sure, I'll, I'll do this for you, Alex. We'll, we'll do an episode and I'll do an episode for you, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think what'll be cool is bringing on guests that either I don't know at all, right? Maybe they're friends of friends or maybe they're people who aren't even friends of friends or maybe people that, um, you know, I think you and I both know people that like maybe we went to high school with, like we see them on Facebook um, you don't really have a relationship with them, to be honest with you. Right. But they might have interesting careers. Um, they might have interesting hobbies. And it's like, hey, you know what? Why don't you come on, talk to us about that? And, and who knows? As I mentioned earlier, sometimes by having someone on, you, you rekindle a friendship. So I think there's a lot of opportunity there. Um, I also think it would be really interesting if we kind of – I don't want to be a political show. I don't want to be a controversial show. No. But I like the idea of maybe bringing in some slightly controversial interests or slightly controversial careers. I know we had one episode with Dan Hallerman where we talked about uh, where he believes uh, – I shouldn't say he believes. There was a discussion about aliens and ghosts right, and right. kind of the supernatural. And I think a lot of people enjoyed talking about that, right, listening to that conversation. 
Right. I, I think maybe there's some value in and bringing on some people who I don't like to use the word conspiracy theorist because it has a negative connotation, but people with some interesting ideas and beliefs and say, let's talk about that. Right? right. Why do you believe that? Right. As opposed to just like, you know, shitting on people for having an idea or belief, maybe like give them an opportunity to say, yeah, let's have a, let's have a conversation. Right. No, I think, I think you're right because this first season, I think we were able to bring on a great group of people and I'm really thankful for all of our guests that came on, but you're right. I think we also need to, part of it too, is I think because we've grown in our ability as podcasters, right? I think we have, we have demonstrated, we are able to kind of approach things uh, from a right angle of a very professional angle. And I think it would be a great opportunity to say, all right, let's start hearing some wider voices that maybe we aren't all hearing, right? So I'm totally on board with that. I think that that's a great idea for this next season. And I think um, getting back a little bit to the technology side with, with having the video, I'm, I'm eager to see what we can do with this as well. But a little bit, we've talked a little bit about the, the backstage, what happens with our production. And one of the big things that I love about this, and Alex and I've tested this out, is previously we were using like two or three different applications to try to pull all this together. And now we have we one had, application. We had, a video, we had a video application. Yep. We had a script application. We had the recording application, which was limited to only 30 minutes at a time. Right. It, it, it was it was very kludgy, and it was not very nice to be like, all right, well, let me send you that new link, and then you all have to hop onto that new link. With, with uh, We're using Riverside now. Uh, Riverside seems to be pretty seamless. And then... We've also done some upgrades on equipment. Like, I know you've got a new mic. I've got a new mic here. And we've both got soundboards by the sound of it, right? Yes. Yes, we do. Mine's completely software-based. Okay. So, so yeah, I don't have a physical uh, a physical soundboard like you. Ron has an ability to really play around with his audio if he wants to. Yeah. yeah there it is. Again... It's- for those who are watching, you get to see that. Isn't that cool? Yeah, we, we need to get like some live audience. I think we'd actually probably have like one or two people listening and, and watching it live. <laughs> so I think it would be kind of cool. We should do that. I think maybe next episode for our first episode with a guest. I think we'll do that. Yeah. We'll put it yeah. out maybe with our Discord server. So that'll be your cue to pop on for the Discord server, right? So, so Ron, what else do you want to do in terms of guests or maybe topics you want to explore. I know I kind of gave you my examples. I know you agreed with them, but anything else that you'd really want to kind of flush out? Yeah, I I think, I think this next year, like you said, I would like to, I've got, I think there was a few people I teased in the, in the past. Like I know somebody who's worked at Disney. I think that would be a really cool to get some of those insights. Right. I would like to, I've got a friend who's also a nurse coding specialist, right? Sorry, a medical coding specialist. I've got a friend who is a day trader uh, professionally. I've got somebody who's really into crypto. And then I know we've touched on those topics in the past. And those are really great episodes like with Tim Chubb, where we talked about uh, the economics and we talked a little bit about like cryptocurrency. I think it would be really cool to kind of go into those topics some more. But another like whole untapped market or maybe untapped portion of our lives has been family, right? Mm -hmm. Season one, we kind of had this unspoken rule where we didn't want family on. And do you want to talk a little bit about why? Like, we both agreed on this, but do you want to talk a bit about why we kind of agreed on that? Well, I think we we recognized, like, season one, where we're still getting our bearings. We're still getting to really figure out kind of our platform and, and what we really want to accomplish in between two studs. And I think we we didn't want to to go to the to the well too quickly and say, oh, let's just bring out a bunch of family members. Right. Um, I also think bringing on family members, I think, would be very very interesting for you and me. Right. But I think I think what we want to do is when we bring on family members, I think we want to make sure that the topics are interesting enough that. Um, what we're discussing can be entertained by a wider audience, right? We don't want to talk about uncle so-and-so's 
you know, right. Some, something that happened seven years ago at a family reunion. And it's like, okay, well, no one else is going to have any idea what we're talking about. And I think part of that comes with experience on our part, right? Being able to better have a conversation and, and better know, I think we, we, we've gotten a better idea since episode one, I would say yeah. about like, yeah, is, you know, like is talking about the Buffalo bills, something we, we care a lot about. Yes. Are we going to keep talking about the Buffalo Bills? I'm sure we will. But are we going to be talking about them to the same level as probably we did in the first couple episodes? I'm going to guess no, because the audience is varied and not everyone is from Western New York and not everyone's a diehard Bills fan. And if you're not a diehard Bills fan, you're going to be like, all right, they've been talking about this team for the last 25 minutes. I'm not that interested. Right. Right. And so I think that's part of it, too, is just getting to know your audience. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you're right, and I think that that's been very much where I've kind of been coming from, too, is, as you mentioned, we have a very, very large extended family, and a lot of the family are, are listeners, and they've definitely come up, and I think that there's there's a few that we definitely need to pull on, including our father, right? He's definitely been very vocal about wanting to be on our show, and we'll get him on this season. Don't worry, Dad. We'll have you. I think that last season was definitely a time where we wanted to really – make sure that we could stand on our own before we really kind of went to some of those people because you're right. I, I think one of the important things is if, if we went to all of our family very early on, um, there's a certain level of just professionalism. I think we needed to develop first to really make sure that we had what we needed. So I think it'll be good this season and I'm excited to see what we'll do. Yeah. I, and I, I, I will say this. I think there is opportunity as well to bring on previous guests, right? In Absolutely. in a in this new format, which is also video based as well. I also think there's guests that we brought on where we talked and went really deep in a specific area. And it's like, but I know there are a lot of other areas that we could have equally gone into. So I think there's an opportunity to bring on some of these other these guests we've already brought on. And I think there could be a really cool mix between um, brand new guests that we don't really know at all. Um, maybe new guests that we may have known in high school or in college and haven't had any relationship with since mm -hmm. and kind of an opportunity to catch up with them. And then I think there's an opportunity to talk about uh, with some people that, Hey, you know what? Yeah. Come back on. And you know, you're, you're already, as Ron said, a friend of the show and we can kind of go into different avenues in this new format, right? And, and we don't have to stick to the the traditional script, right? Yeah. Because you've already been introduced. Yeah. And I was thinking with that too, we probably might need to revisit some of those questions, right? Like as much as I like the, the question about art, because I think that was cool. It, it certainly led to some very good conversations. I think it's also time to go into some other things too, right? We need to come up with some other questions because it's a new season. And with just with life, we all grow, we change. And I think we're definitely going to be doing that, especially with this new season. One other question for you, Alex, is how would you feel about the prospect of more than one guest at a time? Whoa. Wait, yeah. You mean having two guests on at the same exact time? We could totally do that, especially with Riverside. I was going to say, actually, I, I do think that that opens up an opportunity that we probably couldn't have logistically done. Mm -hmm. previously, especially with those 30 minute clips. Uh, I, I, like I know a lot of listeners might not even know what we're talking about, but like we were only able to record 30 minute segments. And so if the, if the podcast was an hour long, right. And then especially with editing, right, you, you might have to send the link out three separate times. Logistically it became a nightmare. Right. Um, so there is opportunity for that. I think in the right circumstance, it could be a lot of fun, um, I also don't want to become one of those stereotypical morning shows where you can't even hear what's being said because everyone's talking on top of each other. So there is going to we'd have to strike that balance, but I'm open to it. I think part of it, too, is that with the first season under our belt, right, we've learned a little bit on how to do certain things. So I think that's maybe another possible challenge that we could possibly kind of grow into uh, this next season. So I'm not going to put it out as a requirement, but maybe, right? 
I like it. So, Ron, when can we expect these new episodes? Because uh, this episode is going to go out uh, at some point soon, right? So, so right. we're recording this middle of December. Right. I'm expecting it. We'll put this out in middle of December before the holidays. Right. Right. So then, so then. Holidays are around the corner. When can we expect brand new episodes under this new under this new format with guests? So we're looking specifically next year. So 2022, right? And part of that, we've talked a little bit about... At the beginning of it. At the beginning of it. Right. January. At the, at the beginning, right in January. Uh, and part of that, to be clear, is we've got a new platform this year. As Alex mentioned, there was a lot of logistics and other things that we've been kind of doing on the side. We want to make sure that this is going to work really well. And we've talked about it a little bit during season one, but part of it too is queuing up our guests, queuing up our show, doing the editing, because we like the idea of the weekly, this is what I have to look forward to. I get it. I watch it and it's awesome. And that's what we want to provide as well. So part of that is we're, we're still trying to figure it out, but I think that we wanted to put this together just as a, hey, we're still alive. We're still here. We care about our, all of our listeners, and we thank you all for being our listeners. And next year, early on, we're going to kick off with new episodes of Between Two Studs. Yeah, I, I guess I would consider this like a teaser, right, right. Of, of what the new format will look like. We'll get through the holidays, and then we're going to start cranking out um, brand new episodes with new guests. So really excited about that. Final topic before we close this episode out, Ron. Okay. Talk about the holidays, right? The holidays are here. This this episode will, will come out before the before Christmas. What are, you, what are you doing? What are you up to? All right. So I'm actually going to be going up to our parents uh, up in Delaware. So I'm going to be heading there this weekend. And then I'll be sticking around until Christmas Day. And then on Christmas Day, going to be going up to my wife's parents and staying up there for a few days in uh, northeastern Pennsylvania. And then uh, after that, going to be heading back down. It's just going to be a lot of fun. What about you? Yeah, well, I'm going to be flying in. I'll be in Delaware for a week. We have a couple-day overlap. Mm -hmm. So that, that'll be a lot of good, good fun. I, I'm Hannah and I are going to be back. In Chicago for New Year's, we haven't figured out what we're gonna do. I don't know hmm. what we're gonna do. Are we just gonna like? Are we are we an old couple where we just sit and sit in bed and and watch the bell drop, uh, the ball drop? I don't I don't know. We haven't figured that out yet. I, do you know what you're doing? Evie gets her second it, booster that day, so <laughs> on New Year's Eve. Yeah, there you go. Well, I was gonna ask because in the years past, haven't you uh, done fireworks and stuff on New Year's Eve? No. You know what? You're right. I have. I need to coordinate um, with, with one of our guests that's been on before who has an affinity for fireworks. I think probably, but I'm not certain. <laughs> I need you to check get with that them. figured out. I really do. But it's also, what, uh, 20 days away-ish? That's nothing. Yeah, you're right. So I think that's probably what I'll do. I'll probably go to that part of uh, Georgia where that person lives, and we'll see some fireworks, and it'll be awesome. And... We'll see, though, because um, actually, now that I think about it, there was uh, there was a little bit of drama with fireworks. So um, he may or may not be able to do the fireworks this year. So we'll see. Yeah. And then hopefully in January, we'll have some good playoff football with the Buffalo Bills. Here's hoping. I mean, I know we're getting to the end of the episode. You want to talk about two or three minutes about the Bills? Uh, very briefly. Very right. briefly. I'll right. just say I'll just say this. Bills started off really, really hot. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Uh, and now I have concerns. Not so good. I, I, I did that in about 10 seconds. Yeah, that's that's accurate. We did go to a Bills game, though. That was cool. We did. It was uh, That was a thing. That was actually the last time we saw each other. Right. Uh, we went back in November. We went to uh, the Bills when they were hosting the Colts. And, um, Ron, that was the <laughs> – the weather was um, high 40s. Yep. Um, raining. Yep. And the Bills got blown out. Yep. That was the game. And, uh, but you know what? We had a great time in Buffalo. And I was, you know, I, I, I've been making like a, I, I, I kind of jokingly call it like a pilgrimage back to Buffalo. I try to do it like once or twice a year. 
And I know I'm a little excessive on that because it's like, well, Alex, like, why are you going back so frequently? But it was kind of fun for like, because I know you don't go back that often. So it was kind of like, oh, let me show you, like, show you around like this, like, we we didn't even go to Olean, right? We didn't even go to the town we grew up in. But like, you know, I love going back to Buffalo. Um, And uh, we got to get some good pizza and some good wings. And just, it was just, it was just a bad football game. Just a bad football game. But you got to experience true Buffalo Bills tailgating, which I think is more important then uh, this might sound blasphemous. Mm-hmm. I think the tailgating is more important than the football game itself. I would agree with that. I mean, just what I know, right? I think the truth is that the Bills, if we look at the Bills historically, they've yet to win a Super Bowl, right? They haven't historically. Don't remind me. They haven't been a team that's been maybe the hottest, right? But I think their fan base really, really comes together and their fan base is very passionate. And I mean, even tonight, like I'm wearing a believe shirt, right? And the bills are not really looking so hot right now. Like I think if we were talking last season at this point, yeah, they were, they were awesome. Not so much this season, but you know what? I'm still a bills fan. I love them and we'll we'll see what they do. We'll see what they do, but hopefully you're right. Anything can happen. You're right. There's still many, many games to go. We'll see what they do. And I think with that, we probably want to wrap up this episode. So Ron, I think season two. Yep. Episode one is in the books and we look forward to, we're going to do, we're going to do what we did last year. We're going to do 26 episodes. So listen, strap in, buckle up. It's going to be good. Buckle up. We're going to have a lot of fun guests and we, as always, appreciate feedback and thoughts. You can always reach out to us. And uh, we look forward to doing many, many more of these soon. And we got we got one more thing we got to do. To all of our listeners, we want to wish you a happy holidays, right? Happy holidays. Be safe. And you'll hear from us in January. <laughs>